Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Thomas Noshantini of Aston's Gym and Personal Training Studio, coming to you from Chichester in the United Kingdom. Thomas, what's going on, man? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. You? I am very, very well. I'm excited to to delve into this and, and pick your brain. I got the chance to to wrap my head around this and ask questions of my own before starting this conversation. Uh, but I think context is important here. And so for people who aren't familiar with you or aren't familiar with the Astons brand, give us a little bit of a descriptor before we get into the business conversation. When you talk about Astons Gym and you tell people what you do, what do you tell you? I would say that we're a personal training studio and that's what we really do hit on. And we're a little gym. And when I say little, we are in a converted barn. We're not this big box gym that you walk in and everything, everything's scary. And our slogan is, unfortunately, we're too small for you to hide from us. And we're too small for us to hide from you. Uh-huh. So everyone, know, everyone knows everyone. And that's, that's us. And that's yeah. us. And so as I understand it, at least this business existed before your involvement, take me back a little bit and kind of walk us through how all of this happened. When did you officially become involved? How was that transition from new owner into now a little bit more tenured owner? So basically I, um, I had a bit of a scare when I was in Australia and, um, I sort of had to fly back to England and have open heart surgery. And I went to a gym about five and a bit years ago and I did what I used to do and started using weights and I ripped my scar open. With that, my mother grabbed me by my ear and said, "Um, I found this gym, I want you to go there. It's really small, it's personal. I think that's where you're gonna get the best out out of sort of your fitness. So very reluctantly, I went down there. And as soon as I walked through the door, love at first sight it Mm. was this is exactly what I want and I was a member for about six months and then I spoke to the owners I took them out for lunch Peter and Trudy um, and I said I really want to be a part of this I I've got I've got a backing of uh, snowboard coaching I've been in the industry been in the fitness industry so I said could I bring my skills become a personal trainer and work for you with that they said 100 percent and then and unfortunately we had covid and with that i got yes we did (laughs) yeah i got made redundant from my job and the owners at the time peter and trudy said do you want to try taking on management so with that i sort of said go on then let's let's give it a go um I took on management and everything was absolutely going well. And then we had COVID 2.0, which really put everything into a spin because during that, the second COVID, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. There's a gym company out in England called the gym group, which is a chain of gyms. And they decided to open up within a mile of my gym. So when you've got a competing gym, that's coming in at nine pounds and 99 P a month, you you panic yeah um but it a couple of hurdles right from the jump here 
Yeah. Um, and we that didn't stop us. We were just like, well, I'll tell you what, we've got something unique here. We've, we've got the people, we've got what we need. And we just carried on. And I sort of said to Peter and Trudy, I was just like, you've got to have, you've got to have full faith in what I'm about to do. And we did some really weird tactics. We did some free months. We did, we did some crazy schemes and we went from 76 members to now sitting at 300. Okay. So things have, yeah. have at least turned up slightly. Yeah. And then at the I start- think for context, at least I don't and I apologize for interrupting you for people listening here on paper, the business model of this would look similar to the gym group or, or whatever commercial option, Gold's Gym, 24 hour LA fitness in, in the U S whatever comparison makes sense. But you having the context that you do, this is not an apples to apples comparison. We do, we provide a far different service and that's what you guys leaned into more so than anything else. Is that right? Exactly. We always say there's loads of McDonald's around, but it's always a nice restaurant you want to go to. That's, that's it. Yeah. And so so we, we made it through, right? (laughs) We must be doing something right. We, we continued on and here we are. When was it that you transitioned into the role that you're currently in so at the start of this year so at the start of 2022 the owners sat down with me and sort of said we've got proposition would you like to buy the gym off us we we can't see it we don't, we wouldn't want to sell it to anyone else but you um you're the one who made it where it is today you you've made aston's aston's and with that i shook their hands and that was it we've I've, i'm now the no hesitation at all no, so they still have ownership in it and they're still always around and they'll always be around. But um, yeah, it, since then, it's just been, it's been fun and games and it's, it's been a brilliant experience and I love doing it every day. Yeah. And so I look back on that time, at least, and, and kind of beyond this previous year, but specifically in the role as an owner, what's been the best part of being involved in a business like this and having the control that you do and what's been the most challenging part about running a business like this from your ownership seat? Um, the best part I'd say is just the achievements. You watch people do things. We had 50, uh, we had 42 members go to Tough Mudder this year. We had, we do um, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons every couple of months. We have members that achieve that. I've had three members do a white collar box and seeing those stories and just like, well, tell you what, yeah, that's, I'm a little bit of that. Um, and stuff like that, getting to know people. And I always say it's, that's the lovely bit when I get to know their families, it's not just them that comes to the gym. I get to know them. And I think that's the nicest thing about owning the gym. It's a, it's a little community, Mm. but I think the worst thing about, when you own the gym, I think a lot of people, when you own any business, think that you just look at them as money. Oh, that's a member. That's 40 pounds. That's this. And I don't think any of the members that ever leave the gym realize how much it hurts every time they leave. Cause you just feel like you've done something wrong. You've let them down that there's better out there. You just feel like you're getting broken up every time. Like Mm -hmm. there's an ego piece of this for sure. I agree. Exactly. And I think that's where the transition of a personal trainer and that sort of manager role, owner role becomes very different because when you're a personal trainer, it is you and them. It's personal. 
then you become the manager and you're sort of got the owners talking to you this way, the clients talking to you this way, and you're the middleman. When you're the owner, you're just looking at everything and it's it's hard to get that balance. But yeah, I'd say that's the hardest bit when you receive that email saying, unfortunately, I'd like to cancel my gym membership. And you're just like, oh, why? Please yeah. don't. Yeah. And fingers crossed this isn't happening too frequently, but it happens in every business in our industry, whether it's something that we did or not, there's always going to be organic attrition. People move, people get sick, people do whatever. Occasionally they leave and we try to minimize the people leaving that are within our control at least. But I want to at least start our conversation picking your brain about the increase in membership here, because so many people listen to our podcast simply for new ideas or ways that they can get people in their building. What did you guys do? What what was your focus from a marketing standpoint to go from the low membership number that we were at up to what you said, 300 plus now? Um, Word of mouth. That is our biggest, biggest sort of thing we do. When you look at our membership, it's not, just one person it will be them their mum their sister their sister-in-law that their brother-in-law their daughter that expand with the family and that's what I was talking about sort of earlier I try and get to know them more than just oh you're a member I get to know them and be like why don't you just bring your sister in like how let I'll have a chat with her let's see what we can do and then you build that relationship and once you start getting those bigger groups I know it sounds really bad and from an owner's point of view you're getting that expansion very organically because if I've spent that time with one person, they tell their sister, their sister's probably got 10 friends she's going to tell. And then they've got family. And, and that's what we really focused on. We, we really did focus on being a family friendly gym. It's like, I've got a group of members. And if, when they do listen to this, they'll know exactly who they are. I had to write out their family tree because they were all related in some way. <laughs> and that just sort of shows the sort of gym we are because when you had so many of them, you're just like, wow, you, you're, all, you're all here. Yeah. And, and yeah. so on the surface, I don't know, sometimes in our industry, word of mouth gets looked down upon, but you, you shine a much more optimistic light on it. People do know other people. The customers that we have typically know other people similar to them that would be a great addition that probably have the financial resources to do this and the business can naturally expand that way did you guys spend any money in advertising throughout that time we spent as little as we could because we realized when the the gym group opened the amount of sponsor whenever you went on instagram on facebook bang their the name was there even if you typed in aston, <laughs> even when you typed in aston's gym they came up first on Google. Yeah. And when you're competing with that, you're just like, okay, how, how am I going to get around this? They because have I, deeper pockets than we do. Exactly. Yeah. And the only way that I could think about it is being like, well, like you said, if, if, you're, if you want to come to this gym, you must know other people that would like this atmosphere, would like this sort of style of gym. Tell them to come and have a look. And I always say probably 90% of the people that step through the door will join. Because as soon as they step in, they go, yeah, I like this. And that's exactly the same feeling I had. Yeah. Do you think, so devil's advocate for a minute, just to kind of challenge you on the thought. I wholeheartedly agree with you. It doesn't make sense for us to go head to head. It's never going to be 
we can spend as much as they can spend in advertising. Is there any sort of opportunity for you almost to keep that same sort of thought process? We're going to do completely different than what you do, but similarly in your marketing, hey, we're going to differentiate in our advertising so that we can capture more of the audience that we're actually looking for, right? The people that go here are a little bit different than the people that go there. Is there, do you think that there's a time or a place that you will venture into that as a strategy a little bit more? We, we, we are looking at our social medias a little bit more at the moment and just not for advertisement reasons, more just to show people what we do. Um, but the problem with all the bigger gyms, no matter where you go in the world, you're always going to get the same sort of people. And I always say to people, how many times you've been to a gym like that? Thousands and thousands of times. Well, what results have you got? Oh, well, I got Ooh. big for, I, I got, I got big for about six months. Oh, and then what uh, happened? Then I stopped. Uh, okay. But why, why did you quit? Oh, it got too busy. It, I didn't know what I was doing anymore. It, and you sort of like, well, no matter what gym you go to, that's always going to be the same at this gym. I'll know you. If you don't turn up to the gym for, th for three weeks, a month, I'll call you and say, we'll find you. <laughs> exactly. And you're sort of like, so when you, when you got beefed up for six months and then you disappeared, I'll be chasing you and saying, yeah. why you disappeared? Come on, let's get back onto it. And we'll said, know far sooner than six months later. Right? Exactly. Now, uh, talk to me about the, the sales aspect of this a little bit, Thomas, because like we said, we we're, we're leaning away from the commercialized feel, but when somebody reaches out, they're interested in training at the gym. Tell me a little bit about what happens from a process standpoint for them to eventually sign up. Are they coming in? Are they signing up online? Are they signing up over the phone? Walk me through that. So majority of our people, it'll be, um, I'll get a, a WhatsApp or a, a phone call saying, I've heard about your gym. I'd like to come and have a look. Um, and then they step through the door. Like I said, 90% of the time, they'll be like, wow, yeah, let's have a go. Um, from there, we do um, a an hour and 15 minute induction, which is completely different to most gyms where you can do it online now, where we do an in-body test. So we look at the vriscal fat, we look at the um, skeletal muscle mass, we look at the body fat percentage. Um, we then do a VO2 max test with them. We do strength tests with them. So what we have on our app is a biological age, so we can actually see and explain to them how strong, healthy they are, how much stronger and healthy they need to get. And we can sort of go, well, a lot of the time when people come to the gym, they go, oh, I'm terrible at cardio. Believe it or not, it's because your muscles are weak mm. and you're, you're showing them this. And you're going, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you're sort of going, well, the reason that you struggle on the bike is because your leg muscles aren't as strong as you think they are. But it's a, the muscles that are wearing out a lot quicker than the old ticker. And um, when you start breaking that down and showing people that just because you do resistance training, you're not going to look like the Hulk, you get such a better atmosphere in the gym. And that's what we do in the hour and 15 induction. And we get to know them where you go to a, some of the bigger gyms. I'm talking out of turn. Some of the bigger gyms may do it, but they'll sort of go, hi, how are you? This is a gym. Perfect. Off you go. You, yeah. It's more than Now, that. is all of this happening before they actually sign up thomas or like this no, is like a this the, the hour and 15 is after that's, is that correct that, 
that's when they sign up. But like I said, most of the people that sign up with us, it's over the phone, a quick phone call going, I've, re- I've heard about you, Jim. I'd like to come and have a look. Um, we try not doing any signups online. The reason is I'd like to get to know the people and I want them to see the gym because I've had a lot of 18-year-old boys that have messaged and I've said, come and have a look at the gym first because I personally, I don't think it's going to be for you. I think we can achieve great things, but I don't think you're going to appreciate as much as I would like. Yeah. So, yeah. Now... This is all important. We want to bring in new customers consistently. This is a business at the end of the day. Is there a number in your head? You said that we're at 300. Can we go beyond that? Or is there a target? Hey, we want to get to 400, 500, 10,000. What's, is, is there an, an, an example that you're shooting for? The original goal was 200. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. And then um, we just, we, we, changed dynamic a little bit so we could free up the space. Um, then we went 300, but we, we said 320 to 350, depending on the gym. I've always said busy at the gym is five people in the gym at once. And that's how I like it. I don't want hundreds, not hundreds, but I don't want the, every bit of equipment to be full all the time. Okay. And we constantly think of ways to do that. Like a lot of our classes are at six o'clock obviously the busiest time get people out of the gym in the studio get them outside doing boot camp the people that don't want to do the classes then get the gym to themselves yeah. and separating all of those use different... the floor better yeah exactly and i think that's where a lot of sort of bigger gyms fail because once you've got that big that big room they just pack it 5:30 hits and everyone just goes to that room and it, it feels a lot busier than it is. And it, it happens with us. If we've got four people in one room, it feels busy. But if you can sort of strategically move people around, you, you yeah. can have, I think at one time we had 30 members doing something at one time, but all in different locations. So no yeah. one ever knew anyone so else. getting creative with our, with our capacity limitations. Now, yeah. uh, the model is interesting because, of course, the majority of this flows through a standard membership, but we have other services available for people looking to do somewhat a la carte and can add on. How do we steer potential candidates towards those things? What do, you, do we do that at that initial sales consult? Do we handle it later on on the training floor or in another setting? Tell me a little bit about that. So with the we offer personal training, every gym does. Um, but with my team, I tell them to keep it cheap. Oh, I would rather pay my team there a little bit more because I don't understand when you have personal trainers in a gym that cost more for an hour than the gym does for a month. And the, the thing that I found the most is when people wanted to leave their personal trainer, they felt like they had to leave the, leave the gym at the same time. When at Aston's, we try and flip, flip it, saying, well, the gym's here and the staff are here to help you not to make money, not to increase the Instagram audience or no, they're here to give you the little steps, the little helping hand. So like most of my PTs are between 15 pounds an hour, which is very cheap considering like the average rate yeah, is, about, this is, low. is about 50 pounds, like 50 pounds an hour. And I, I've always said to my staff, if unfortunately, if Aston's isn't here, 
you're not going to have a job. <laughs> so we sort of got to work hand in hand for this. And the better Aston's does a company, the better you're going to do. And I'm going to bring you up with me. I'm not just going to be like, mm. off you go, bye. That's the luck. The thing is, especially with the story I've had with Aston's, all of my staff were members. Interesting. That, yeah. And when you find the staff that fall in love with the, the business just as much as you do, you get a very easy concept and it's nice because all of a sudden I've got this little baby of mine that I can trust with every single one of my staff member. And I think the members can see it as well. And that's how the business grows. Yeah. And so at least our conversation so far, Thomas has been, what have you done in the past? And I want to kind of flip the switch on that and shift gears to look towards the future here. We've, we've spoken through a number of things. We've talked through the marketing piece of this. We've talked through the sales and the sign-up process. We've explored other services that we may have. In the, in the near future, at least, we'll short-term this thing before we look big picture, but in the near term, what's most important for you as the business owner to improve on? Where, where is your focus to take this business to the next step? Probably versatility i want to try and introduce some more classes some more different weights in different areas we've got a massage studio and being built at the moment um it's to give people a lot more and for them to be able to try a lot more um this year we're taking 12 members to hike yorkshire three peaks which is 25 miles and they've got to do it within 12 hours we've got we do tough mudder every year and I just want to expand people sort of going, there's no limitations for you. And that's what I want to build as a business, having these groups of people saying, well, the gym's not just a gym because we, you, you're part of the running club, you're part of this club, you're part of that. And expanding that way, making more of a, Aston's is the main, main picture, but all the clubs are around it. Yeah. Yeah. And so expand that even further. We fill out our membership. Personal training is rocking. We've got all of these classes and all of these services. What comes next in your mind? What's, what's beyond that, that other side? Uh, if Peter and Trudy are listening to this, uh, <laughs> we, we have a sister gym already. Um, and I think the next stage would be combining them together and making a far bigger premises um, and creating a little, a, a small gym that competes with the big boys. I think that would be our next step. Yeah. It's a fun conversation and, and it's funny that you mentioned we've still got these other partners, so their input matters too. And so it highlights, it I think, the, the differing of opinions, but I think good partnerships can have constructive debate about where the future holds without necessarily crumbling. Thomas, this has been awesome, man. I, I really appreciate your willingness to share and, and give us a behind the scenes peek at, at what this business actually is and how it functions. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you guys are just kind of getting your bearings post COVID now and can operate with some normalcy from beyond here. So they're running a bit shy on time, but I, I appreciate you for coming on and, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much.
Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Boards Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Stefan from Kinetic out of Midlothian, Virginia. Welcome to the show, Stefan. How are you today? Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Super excited to have you on. Before we jump into the business um, and how you run it, first tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Um, I had a personal passion for fitness ever since I was little, I was playing sports. I was always competitive. Um, and I had a period in my life where I was a little kind of depressed and lost mentally. And that affected my physical state. I got super skinny and, uh, somebody said my arms were skinny and that hurt my ego a bit. So I got a gym membership the next day and started working out habitually. Um, and it got to the point where I had other people in the gym asking me uh, what I was doing, what my routine was, what my nutrition was like. Uh, and that led to me saying, man, I should get paid for this. So <laughs> it, yeah. um, this um, opportunity with Kinetic actually kind of fell in my lap and uh, just very lucky to be here. Yeah, definitely. Tell me more about that. How did you, you know, go from just being fitness enthusiast to owning your own space? How did that come about? Uh, yes. Yeah, so my mother-in-law actually owns a medical practice that specializes in uh, obesity medicine. Um, so she had this open space across the hall from her practice that had been vacant since they moved into the building and uh, it wasn't making any money and they figured they should do something about it. So she saw my passion for fitness and uh, saw the change that I underwent from going to being very skinny and depressed to happy and not so skinny. Mm -hmm. And uh, she asked if I wanted to help open up a facility that would help people with the weight management stuff. Um, so again, it, it was like a Christmas dinner type of thing and just got very lucky um, right place at right time kind of deal. So we opened uh, about two years ago, the peak of COVID, and here we are doing great. Amazing. Yeah, what a great opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah, um, tell me about Kinetic itself. Like, what are the services that you offer? Um, how do you describe the facility to someone who's, who's never heard of you before? Sure. Uh, so I am a private personal training facility. So uh, it is by appointment only. We're not very big. I'd say it's maybe about 2,000 square foot. Um, so every everything is one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one. If you uh, want to come in with a friend or, or your partner, that's fine too. Um, but it's all appointment only. I deal primarily with the obesity medicine side of things where I have patient referrals 
that come over after their initial at the medical office. Um, I do a basic consultation with them from there and then formulate a, a fitness plan, but also uh, nutritional guidance alongside that. Uh, I do have general population that comes in as well. So I have a few athletes that I work with, a uh, few just guys trying to improve their golf swing, um, general health people. So um, good, good mixture of clients. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do people who aren't referred by a physician um, find out about you and, and hear about your services? How do you promote that side? Um, Google has actually been great. Um, so we do a little bit of SEO stuff. We, we actually outsource that with a company up in New York, but they manage that page and it gets good traction. So people find our website who are looking for personal trainers in the Midlothian or Richmond area. Um, and then outside of that, uh, on the top story of our building, we actually have a medical spa that's run by my wife. Um, so think like facials, uh, laser, uh, we do have cool sculpting and like body suite stuff like um, M-Sculpt. And then we also offer massage and a whole bunch of stuff. So people go up to the spa and um, they promote me up there a little bit. So I've had a little bit of spillover from that as well. Um, but I'd say that for general population, Google has probably been the best resource. Better than Instagram, better than Facebook ads. Um, yeah, people who go online and are looking for a personal trainer typically go to Google and they look for personal trainers in the area and we pop up. So it's been good. Yeah, it sounds like you have uh, a few really great streams of referrals coming in between like yeah. you know, your wife and then the medical side. Um, so is it your goal to kind of continue to grow the general population side? Is that something that you're, you're actively trying to do now? Yeah, definitely. Um, if I wanted to look five years down the road, I would like to be moving out of this space into a larger facility. Um, one that would accommodate gym memberships and say open gym hours where you can just come and work out, but still have an area that was private and specialized in say obesity medicine or just general personal training. Um, I, I hear from a lot of people that come over from the obesity medicine clinic that uh, they are intimidated to go to a big box gym because they just don't want to be judged. And uh, even making a joke saying, well, Planet Fitness is a judgment-free zone. You can go there. Uh, they still don't like that. So having a, a private space, I think, is necessary for some populations. Um, so I would like to have a facility that offered the best of both worlds. Because right now, when I have a, a client come in, I can create a program for them, but then I kind of have to refer them to a, a box gym if they want a gym membership because they can't just come here and work out. Uh, so that's kind of a, a gap where I think we could, we could really help people and again, make it kind of one-stop shop. You come in, you come for your training session, you get your program and then you can come back on your own and you can implement it. But you know that the person who made that program for you is nearby. So if you have questions about something, you say, hey, I don't quite remember how to do this exercise. Could you help me out? Um, you don't have that luxury coming to see me right now. Um, but that said, we're additionally working on an app to get all of our clients, both obesity medicine and general population um, involved in, where we're videotaping the exercises that, um, that we program so they always have access to it. So if they go to their training facility, they can just look and say, oh, that's how we do this. 
So trying to cover all of our bases and just be as much of a, a resource for our clients as possible. Yeah, I think that's smart. And I think that's a great goal to have that, you know, membership based option in house that way, not yep. only are your members staying somewhere that they're comfortable working out, so they're going to, you know, stick to their goals longer, but then also they're spending that money with you and not having to go yep. out to, you know, plant fitness it, or whatever. It, it does make me worry when I have clients and I say, oh, you should go <clears throat> check out UFIT or Planet Fitness. Um, I started my personal journey at, at UFIT because it was a gym that was right down the street from my house. And I love that gym. I know the manager's there. Um, and I, I don't mind referring people there, but I do get concerned that there are other trainers that will try to poach because um, yeah. they just don't know that they're coming from me. They just think it's another person walking in the gym. It's not like they're doing it to, you know. Be malicious. Be, yeah, be malicious yeah. or anything. They, they just don't know. So, yeah, that's another reason why I'd rather keep it in-house once in shop. What do you think right now is like the biggest bottleneck or, or challenge you face in that in growing that side? Would you say it's more of like a problem of getting leads in, a problem of like converting those people into members, or something different? Maybe a retention. Um, that's a good question. Um, right now, it is probably getting leads in and maintaining them, but that is purely because they are not able to come here open hours. I feel that if I had someone walk through the door and I could offer them that, then great, they would stay. Mm -hmm. um, and even if they didn't want to do the personal training side of things, they at least have a gym to go to. So I think honestly, it's capital. It's getting enough money to expand into a large facility and i know that that growth takes time so while in five years that is where i additionally want to be um until that point my focus is my clients that i have now and trying to be the best coach that i can be for them um you know and hopefully get referrals from them for their friends their family whoever to come and see me and just save 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 until we have enough capital to expand um that that's my goal and the obesity medicine clinic um my mother-in-law has been practicing a, as a doctor for a long time so she wants to continue practicing for a few more years but when she retires the question becomes you know what happens with the clinic does the clinic continue do we find someone else to come in to take her space or does the clinic stop and then we just run the spa and then we just have the training facility and that's that's a very serious question because it's then all of a sudden if the clinic closes well there goes some of my leads and some of my referrals so i might have to shift the perspective of the business a little bit um but all of these things are you know just kind of open-ended and moving constantly so it's just being um communicative with everybody in the business, both upstairs and downstairs, making sure we're all on the same page um, and knowing like this is where we are now, this is where we want to be. These are the steps we need to take to get there. Um, but I know it's not like a lottery situation where I wake up in the morning and, oh, sweet, I can just go open a warehouse gym somewhere. Maybe I wish, that'd be great. Do you have time in your schedule now to take on more one-on-one -on -one training throughout the week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple. Um, it's funny. I The middle of the day is always kind of dead for me, but every morning and every evening, it's busy. So I have like a three-hour gap 
in the middle of the day um, on probably three of the five days a week that I work. And uh, I could fill those definitely with two people on each of those days. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Do you have like a marketing strategy or anything that you think might help like get the word out about, you know, maybe like lunch break people or people who have like maybe like stay at home moms or someone who has, you know, time in the middle of the day? Yeah. Yeah. We've been um, working with uh, a few local publishings that send out to all the neighborhoods, hopefully attracting some traffic through there. We run specials at the beginning of the year. Um, I can't remember what they are off the top of my head. My wife actually put them together. Um, but something like sign up for three months of personal training and you get however many number of sessions for free or reduced cost. That always brings in traffic. She's a, a guru at that. So she does that side kind of with her spa marketing. Um, and then she just says, does this look good? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks awesome. So we do, I mean, every gym is like this at the beginning of the year, we do have a big push right now. Uh, I'm a little slow this week because it's the holidays and everyone's traveling, uh, December, beginning of December, I was slammed Monday to Friday. And then it kind of tapers off at the end of the year, then it kicks back up. So it's kind of like as the year goes on, which is how personal training is. It's a, it's a little bit of this. Um, so, yeah. And again, it, it, it also comes down to me and how much I'm willing to take on and how many people I am capable of seeing because it's just me in here. Yeah. Tell me more about that. How do you manage your time when you're, you know, the business owner and the trainer? <laughs> Horribly. Um, <laughs> No, it's uh, so everyone that comes in, I have a consult, I take notes in the consult. First thing I ask is, um, you know, what, what are their goals? And I get three good goals from them. We do a basic um, fitness assessment. We talk a little bit more about nutrition and some things that may have been holding them back from accomplishing those goals. And then from there, I create a plan. All of this stuff is scanned and saved into our database. It's there. And every time someone comes in, I'm logging their, their workout for them and taking notes. And then I just upload it to the computer, um, whether it's after the session or at the end of the day. Um, that's that's uh, keeps me in line because they can come in two weeks from now for another training session. And I hardly remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So trying to remember what weight they did on a barbell row two weeks ago, I, no way, I, yeah. no way I can recall that. So, so and let alone not even that, just knowing what exercise they did or like, um, you know, issues they have, past surgeries and, and things that maybe prohibit them from doing certain movements. And when you have numerous clients, you can't recall that. So having a system where you can quickly recall it um, is important. So the, also in the consult, we do their, their medical history to make sure that they're able to train. So basically before they come in, I'll look at what they did last time they came in to see me and I'll look at their consult. And that's typically not to jog my memory and say, okay, this is what we did last time. This is what we're going to do today. And these are the things that I need to consider as we're training. Um, and I do that for, for every single client. 
yeah, that's fine. There's no way you would be able to remember, you know, what exercise or what weight somebody lifted or, you know, that their knee would bother them or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I have a hard enough time with my own programming and remembering yeah. what, what the hell I do. So I can't even count my reps in one set. So there's no way I'm yeah. remembering that. But um, so when do you do like the business side of things? When do you make time for, for that? Uh, those lovely three hour gaps I have in the middle of the day right now are fantastic. Um, but sometimes uh, I have to bring my work home with me a little bit. And that's just the nature of being a business owner. You're kind of always on. Um, but uh, for the most part, I try to do it here in the office. I can get easily distracted. And if I do go home and I have to work, like, no, video games sounds so much better or <laughs> making music or cooking any, I don't care. Anything sounds better than working at home. So um, I try to do it here. Sometimes that means I stay a little bit after. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit early, but um, I, it's important. So I have to make time for it. And if I can't do it here, then I have to bring it home with me. Uh, luckily, I have a great team uh, being my wife and my mother-in-law um, and they are extremely hard workers and I would not be successful without them and their support. Um, absolutely. My, my wife crushes it. She works harder than anyone that I know and she does things for all three facilities. Um, and, <laughs> but she's also very much a person where I'm like, can I help? And she's like, no, it's going to take too long to explain. I'll just do it. <laughs> um, so I, I don't push her, but she does a, she does a really great job. So um yeah that that having that support system is really important and it also keeps me in line make sure that i'm you know pushing to push the business more definitely i think that's crucial that we lean on other people um like they say like takes a village um and i think that's that's super important to have a team you can lean on and people you can ask questions to and bounce ideas yeah i think that's super crucial especially in, in entrepreneurship um and not be afraid to ask for that help because yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been here for two years. Uh, the first year was very much a learning experience. And uh, this year was as well. Um, I feel like I have my bearings now. Uh, and I felt more comfortable this year than I did in the first year. Uh, but just knowing that if, if I feel uncomfortable or um, not knowledgeable about something that I can go to someone and say, hey, can we figure this out? Because I'm lost. Um, and I think it, it, you have to be able to do that and be honest with yourself. Yeah. Some people are just like, nope, I'll do it all. And then they, they burn out or they mess up. Yeah, it's unreasonable to be an expert at everything. So that's when we need to like outsource, ask questions, you know, learn from people who've been there before. Um, and it's good to fail and learn. But if you can go to someone who's done it before and fail faster, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, so before we sign off today, tell us um, what would be like a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who wants to open their own gym someday. A lot of our listeners are aspiring gym owners. Um, what's something that you would tell them before they decide to go out and do it on their own? Um, I have a couple things. Um, first and foremost, this is a customer service business. Mm-hmm. Um, you were interacting with people face-to-face or on, online. You're still interacting with, with others. Um, and you need to make your clients happy. Uh, that doesn't mean just putting a smile on. That means listening to them uh, and, and helping them reach a goal that, you know, realizing they came to you for a reason. 
Um, so customer service to me is, is being present in that moment and helping others. Um, I think education is really important. Being both educated as a trainer, you know, top of your field is, I think, doing a disservice to your client if you are not. You should be uh, staying up to date on research and training methodology, nutrition, all that stuff is important. And if you're going to tell a client something, you should be able to stand behind it. So I think education as a trainer is important, but also educating your clients, uh, especially in my situation where I have clients that are training outside of this environment. I want them to be able to go to whatever their training facility is um, and perform a program with confidence. And that takes a certain level of education. Um, and then the last thing is uh, just like anything in business or in life, there's ups and downs. It, you have good days, you have bad days. It's like you have good and bad training days in the gym, um, but you just have to keep on pushing. It's consistency. Uh, it, that's what's going to drive your results. So um, it's okay to ask for help, but just keep on pushing and, uh, you know, set your set goals just like you do with your clients and uh, understand the steps that it takes to reach them. But I know that that's what I've done in my, my first two years here, trying to grow this business, trying to get people in the door. Um, I'm very fortunate to have medical office next door because that kind of feeds me some stuff, but um, a lot of the organic stuff out of here, uh, and even those people coming from across the hall, they still have to meet with you. And that's when you have to put on that customer service version of yourself uh, and you know be educated and really help out your clients. Um, that, I'd say that those are those are three things that have uh, helped me through the past two years since I've opened my doors. Definitely, I think that's great advice. That was something um, I had to learn too as like a exercise physiology major coming out of that and going into the gym. It's like, oh, I didn't learn, you know, how to be, you know, personable and really empathize with people and their goals. I, I knew, you know, kinesiology. So yeah, I think that's that's super important. Um, that we realize it's, it's a customer service first um, business. So thank you so much, Stefan, for everything that you've shared with us today. Um, this has been super insightful. Um, tell us where can we find you? What's your um, Instagram, Facebook, website, all that good stuff for the listeners. Uh, website is kineticva.com and kinetic is K-I-N-E-T-I-Q-U-E-V-A.com. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Instagram, let me double check this because I'm not on that Instagram page too much because it hasn't really generated much. Um, it's kinetic underscore fitness. I have it. It is kinetic underscore fitness. And I don't have any internet connection here. <laughs> and then uh, Facebook, if you type in kinetic fitness, it pops up as well. Um, but yeah, I'd say that the website is the best way to actually. Um, learn a bit more about us. I'll post some training videos here and there on the Instagram page um, and that connects with our Facebook page. So they're kind of one and the same. Um, but yeah, check out the website for sure. Awesome. Everyone check out Kinetic Fitness. Again, it's K-I-N-E-T-I-Q-U-E, Kinetic Fitness. Thank you, Stefan, so much for being on the show today. Super appreciate your contribution to the podcast. And everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe if you're interested.
interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Alan from Sparta Gym. What's going on, Alan? How are we doing today? I'm very well, Emily. Thank you for asking me to be on the show. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So, you know, we're really, really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on and how you run Sparta Gym, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Um, I took over the old gym uh, about four years ago now. Uh, it was primarily a strength gym and I was a member there. And when it came up for sale, I decided that uh, I wanted to take over, but I had a, vision, a quite strong vision about where I wanted to go with the gym. I wanted to make it more inclusive, to try and break down some of the barriers, uh, stop people from training there, and really to grow it into a small commercial gym, make it more viable on, on, a, on a business fitting. So we, we, are, we are based on the, on the east coast of Scotland. Um, we're we're, we're a, work, a working town. It's a fishing community with a strong work ethic, and Sparta, our gym, reflects that community. So um, we, I, we had a really clear vision from the start of where we wanted to be and growing the membership was key to that. Okay. So tell us a little bit about like how you personally got started in the fitness industry. So I, I came from a slightly unusual background and I was a police officer for 30 years, but I gained coaching certificates while still as a police officer. And I used to coach uh, youth rugby practice. Uh, prior to taking over the gym, but I'd been a, a, a weight trainer, a gym user uh, for approximately 30 years. Um, the, when the gym came for came up for sale, it was something that really interested me because I could see where I could possibly take it, uh, and I was pretty much heavily invested in it anyway. So when the opportunity arose, I spoke to the guys that were selling it and quite quickly uh, took over. Uh, got myself fully trained so that when I opened, I was able to offer some coaching to the members there and really turn the, the gym into a, uh, a more commercial, uh, viable gym. Uh, uh, prior to that, it'd been more, uh, it was a weightlifting club, but it, it, it had a reputation as a kind of heavy lifting, sort of hardcore gym. Uh, 
there's very few female members and I, I wanted to break down some of those barriers and make it more inclusive. Mm. Okay, good. So you guys made it through COVID, right? Yeah, well, that was funny times, funny times. Because yeah. your, your gym, you took over the gym in what year? 18, November 2018. And so I had, I had all of 2019 with Life was wonderful, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the membership grew st steadily over that year. So we started off with 42 members, mm -hmm. I think two or three girls amongst that, but that quickly turned around um, and we reached about, quite quickly, we, we reached about 100 members within about the first six months, and things were going fantastically well. And then, uh, then the pandemic hit and we all uh, suffered badly because of it. But fortunately, in my own, for Sparta, we came out the other side strong. Um, for example, I'd only been in business a year. and uh, A lot of my membership during the whole period of lockdown, where they couldn't access the gym, continued to pay the subscription and membership fees all the way through. I'll, I'll never forget that 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 uh, that loyalty from my membership. Uh, you know, it was really humbling. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it's hard to describe. Uh, there was days when I was in the gym myself, trying to uh, remain positive about the whole thing, and, and that's what kept me going. Um, their support. I think that's beautiful. You still found people that were willing to support you, kind of keep. You know the lights on during yeah. the pandemic. That is, it was. It, it, I mean, I, I don't know what the experience was like in the states, but it became clear to me then that the gym or any gym in usual will identify with this. The gym is more than just the gym. You know, because there's a whole social element to it. You go there, you see your friends, uh, your buddies at the trainway, your gym partners, whatever. But there's a whole. Uh, the, 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 there's a whole community there. I mean, we talk about the Sparta family. I, I know all of my members. I know a bit about them, where they're from, what they, as, what they aspire to, what they're trying to achieve. You know, uh, we're a quite small community, a quite close-knit community. So it became really, really obvious uh, how important the gym was. Uh, and that was you know, that, that social interaction, uh, the physical loss of the, 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 the physical health loss of the use of the gym and also for the mental health aspects were huge uh, the, the amount of contact i had from my membership during that period uh, uh, people people really suffered during, during that whole lockdown and we kept our social media output going and tr trying to keep uh, positive uh, and that and a bit of work because we came out the other side stronger uh, and you know, like I said, I, I, I can't thank my membership enough. They're really, they're, they're really what makes Sparta. It's, uh, they're our walls. So, you know, the members are fantastic. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your membership. Like, so what services are you offering now? So our main USP is that we are uh, a 24-hour access strength gym. We are open round the clock for our membership, and that works really well for our community because we're we 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 we're a working town. Uh, uh, there's a lot of the fishing industry, a lot of shift workers who might finish late at night or early in the morning. So 
being able to access the gym round the clock is really important. Um, for example, our gym will be in use roughly 22 hours a day out of 24. You know, there's always somebody, the, the lights are really off because, you know, you, you know the, the, the back shift finishing will be in after midnight and the early day shift will be in at 4 a.m. So we, we, we go round the clock. So that's our main selling point. Uh, okay. we, we also have a number of, of personal trainers that, that uh, to be fair, have, have really helped the business to grow and have been fantastic for member retention. Uh, I used to do a lot of the coaching initially when we started on my own, but it, it got too much for me. And from the introduction of our personal trainers, that, that's really, really helped with uh, uh, keeping our membership, the, the sort of longevity, you know, uh, uh, breaking down some of the barriers to fitness of somebody. You know, we're a strength gym. If somebody had never been under a bar before, they might be a little bit intimidated, but now we've got the staff there to uh, show them what to do make them feel uh, welcome and, uh, and uh, remove any obstacles to training. Mm, okay. So tell us a little bit more about why you think that like the personal training is helping with the client retention. Basically, what I, what I used to find prior to the PTs uh, being part of the gym was that yeah, because of the type of membership we have at Sparta, uh, we, we, we're a little bit strange. I think we go we sort of swim a little against the conventional norms. We don't charge our PTs um, rent for floor space. So uh, there are no overheads. So in my role as, as, as a gym owner, I believe they're there to help uh, teach new clients, new members, uh, the basics of lifting so that they're, they're safe. And since their introduction, We've found that the member who maybe came for a few weeks didn't like it or, or wasn't sure about what they were doing, you know, they got they got more bedded in because they had somebody somebody to speak to, somebody who knew that they were doing, somebody who was able to provide uh, good coaching, and ultimately, what you hope is that member gets to the point where they no longer uh, need their personal trainer and and become a long term member of the gym, and and that essentially. Is, is what's happened. Uh, PT clients have now become full-time members uh, and they're confident enough to come in, uh, train, know what they're doing. Uh, and it, that's been very successful for us. Yeah, okay. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about um, marketing and how, because yeah. earlier we were talking about like you guys are basically like at capacity, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, again, we, we, we're a little bit strange in that, um, we, our membership sits, sits at roughly 200, and we find that that works for us. Uh, we've got approximately 2,000 square feet of premises, and that works well with a sort of industry standard of like 100 members per 1,000 square feet. So, uh, but from experience, we've found that because, you know, like any gym throughout the world, we get that after work rush. And what I didn't want to do was um, to sort of spoil the experience by overfilling so we, we you know nobody's making us cap at that number it's it's just the number that we feel um it works well for the gym we're now got a waiting list for people to come in so 
which is great. It's a lovely position to be in, but a lot of that initial marketing was kind of organic social media. Uh, when we started, when we started using the uh, social media, when I took over the old gym, um, things really blew up for us, and that, that's the uh, Instagram, Facebook has, has been huge for us. We, we, we didn't have to go down the route of paid advertising. We've never needed to, but we've kind of added to it uh, earlier this year when we moved premises. We got a website built which has a direct link so that if you, you know, if you're interested in joining the, joining the gym, press the link, it sends me an email, and that's how I then convert the marketing into membership sales. Um, I like to get anybody that's interested into the gym, show them around face to face, find out a little bit about them. You know, did, did they know somebody that already trains there? What's their training history? What their goals are? See what we can do to help out with a personal plan for them. See if they're <clears throat> see if they're safe to use the facility, which is which is a big one for me because it's sometimes uh, during the day the premises can be unmanned. Uh, if they're not, if they're needing coaching or, or personal training, we then uh, introduce them to the PTs and really take it from there. So where, so, okay, max out space, waiting list. Um, for any gym owners that might be in a similar situation as you, what are your goals, what are your goals looking like in well, 2023? Yeah. So basically we want to make the gym, the best product we can be. You're a gym, gym user, you, you will understand this. We want to have quality equipment, quality coaching. We haven't got a lot of space, but for example, if we're, if we're buying a bit of kit, I want to make sure it's the best one on the market for that's uh, out there. Uh, I recently had a conversation with one of our suppliers about a new shoulder press and I spoke to some other gym owners. I've got a really good friend who runs a a big gym over in Gala Shields in Central Scotland about replacing the shoulder press that I had. And we, we had a look at a few and uh, there's a nice uh, Cybex bit of kit that, that's going to be ordered in the, in, in the new year to replace the existing bit of kit. So really my goals are to make our product, the, the gym that we currently offer better, longer term. Uh, longer term depends on floor space. Uh, if we were to move, I would like to stay within Eyemouth, but I would need at least an extra thousand square feet uh, to make the move worthwhile. So I never say never, but you know, I've looked around and it ain't available yet, but you know, that, that might change over. If you speak to me in five years time, I might have doubled my floor space. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, okay. So how about the situation, like your waiting list continues to grow where are all those people going to go? Like, are you going to send them to a competitor down the street? Like, how are you going to accommodate this? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a funny one, which is causing me a bit of uh, sleepless nights at the moment. We have done things like uh, boot camps in the summer when the weather's a bit better. So you could get membership or you could get the flavor of, of the gym. Uh, that way, I, I know that the gym membership, it does... It does change, you know, just organically. People leave new jobs, so we will try and keep we will try and keep that list or waiting list as small as possible, um, you know. But 
yeah, we're we're in a funny position, Emily, but <laughs> we're maxed out, we're full, <laughs> which is which is a nice place to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think a lot of dim owners would like to be in that place where you're like, oh, we have too many people. You know, what do we do next? Yeah, I know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. Well, I listen, I listened to some of you guys' podcasts, and I thought, yeah, I'm not gonna go on there and blow my own trumpet, but I, I'm kind of. We've been lucky, but we've got a strong. I go back to my membership. You look after your members, they'll look after you. And uh, probably the biggest factor for us is positive word of mouth recommendations. So you get a guy or a girl, and then they'll bring their friend, and then she'll bring her friend, and he'll. And that's that's really how our business has grown. You know, like from strong recommendations from our current users. So uh, my 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 sort of any gym owner will tell you this. You know, look after your members; they'll look after you. So let's say that you do eventually expand to get like a thousand square feet, maybe more than that. Um, do you think that you would have to change the way that you're marketing in order to potentially, potentially, because then you're looking at the uh, possibly I have like a, a present, like a I would say a roughly a 15 mile radius where people travel to the gym. Um, now that's a little to, to do with the geography of the area. We're a small town surrounded by other small towns and villages but yeah if I were, if I were to look to go to a bigger uh, premises I, I would definitely look at paid uh, uh, paid marketing because you know if we, if we went to a facility where we were put for example if we decided to put on classes or or mm-hmm. are we the space to do that I, I think yeah then we would have to push again I would never rule that out uh, it's amazing um even even small things. One of our members is a really good photographer, and we we got we got him out to take some pictures of um, the members training for for a, a charity event recently, and just just posting quality images from the gym on social media. That that in itself uh, attracts more members or, or more more queries, more interest. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out. Um, but it would depend on available floor space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, as we come to a close here, tell us like what is your day-to-day look like as the owner of the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my, my day's quite nice. Um, I mean, it's busy, but that's the way I like it. Uh, I split my day uh, mornings and evenings. So I head over to the gym in the morning, speak to the PTs, uh, see what's going on. Um, normally train either train myself after late, late morning or, or go back in the evening. Certainly the evening times where I'll handle a load of the membership inquiries, the, the paperwork side of the gym, answering emails, texts about joining. If there's anybody coming in to join, that, that's where I'll meet them, take them through. Uh, if anybody's looking for a specific program, that's where you sit down and write the program for them. Um, so my day split, I'm there mornings and then I'm back in the evenings. Uh, but like, Again, any gym owner will, will tell you, you don't, you don't really switch off because you're always thinking about what's next. How can I make it better? How, how, how can I improve, improve on what we've got? Uh, you know, yeah, you don't really switch off. Hmm. If I switch off, you mean like you're kind of like thinking about all those things 24-7? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, yeah. I, you know, I enjoy that. So that's it's my business. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'm... I used that gym before I bought it, so I couldn't be more invested in it 
it's uh, I mean you probably you can probably tell I'm quite passionate about it. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's my baby. Uh, oh. and I want it to grow. So and I want the members to have the best experience whilst they're there. Yeah. Well, Alan, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up. Thank you. Heather, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, we're based on the east coast of Scotland, a small town called Eyemouth, just north of the English border. About uh, the guys in the States might recognize Edinburgh as our capital city, is about an hour's drive north from us. But yeah, uh, if the river passed, and they're very welcome. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Alan. We really appreciate your time and contribution. No, it's been great. I really enjoyed it, Emily, and uh, good luck with the remainder of the podcast. Yeah. So, also looking forward to seeing, you know, you guys get that 1,000, 2,000 extra, uh, that extra space that you need down the road. Yeah, well, if, if we get that unit, I'll get you over and you can open it for us. How about that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that so, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.